So the question is, we're at the start of a new year, we don't know what it holds, we know who holds it, but the question is, what are you hoping for in 2014? Okay? What are you hoping for in 2014? So just think about it. You will need a pen. I'm not giving you any pens. So somebody beside you, near you, around you should have a pen. Um, As I was thinking about this and starting a new year, you know, many of us looking around, it's lovely to see younger ones with us as well, but some of us are... uh, getting into the twilight years of our life (laughs) it's amazing perception somebody said to me uh, yesterday in the phone when I was 20 I cared about what everybody thought about me when I was 40 I didn't care what anybody thought about me and when I was 60 I realized they weren't thinking about me anyway There's something, there's something about we come into a freedom whenever we get a little bit older. I don't know what it is we lose, but we lose something. So, <laughs> oh, come on now. Pens. Has, has everybody got access? Who needs a pen? Okay, there's somebody needs a pen here. There's one in that rose. You don't have to do it now, as I say. You can think about it. Um, but if you know what it is, put it down. Sorry for that. I want to. There was a guy called. G.K. Chesterton, and this is what he said about hope. Hope means expectancy when things are otherwise hopeless. Hope means expectancy when things are otherwise hopeless. In other words, we're not talking hope. As you see in your notes, hope is not wishful thinking. It's much, much more than that. I hope everything will work out. It's more than that. Just before Christmas we started to look um, at this thing about being mad, making a difference. How do we make a difference? If we were to close shop uh, on Monday, would Athlone know, know, know any difference? So where do we come to... It's interesting getting the response. So... If we want to make a difference, we need to do something about it. And we want to impact our town, don't we? We want to impact our region. And we want to be in touch with others who are impacting the nation. We don't want to just be Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. That's pretty much wishful thinking. But God wants to instill faith in us. I've been pondering, how can we as a church make a difference in our time? And one of the things that Sarah Joy mentioned this morning is just loving people. We have something in that area as a church. Not every church has it. And yes, Sarah Joy is in a big, you know, a church five times the size of this or bigger. 
But you know, we have something that they don't have. They have things that we don't have. So we've got to be particular. We, we, we need to know what we have. But we, we need to be moving forward as well. Because now Martha, Martin Luther King Jr. said, If you can't fly, drive. If you can't drive, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. And if you can't crawl, whatever you do, move forward. We've got to be have that mindset of moving forward. Hope is patiently waiting expectantly for the intangible to become reality. Something there's faith involved in hope. He that lives in hope dances without music. He who lives in hope dances without music. When God comes down, he removes the immovable difficulties. When God comes down, the impossible become reality. God moves on behalf of the one who waits. There's a waiting in hope. It's not sitting about doing nothing, but there's a waiting in hope. If you want these quotes... um, uh, you've got my email there on the top of it. Email me and I'll email them back to you. If you're feeling, listen to this one, if you're feeling at the end of your rope, many of us have felt at the end of our rope through 2013. Shirley was just saying that about, I was going to say last month, this, this week. But if you're feeling at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Because God's a God of miracles. And guess what? He's holding the other end. Hope is much more than a mood. It involves a commitment to action. What we hope for should be what we are prepared to work for and do to bring about as far as that power lies within us. In other words, it's not just sitting back and someday... But it's actually moving us into action. If, you, uh, if you've been reduced to God being your only hope, you're in a good place. As I thought about us making an impact in Avalon, many things crossed my mind. But one of the things that we have, something that we can do, every single one of us, is we can make a difference in our everyday lives. You touch people... That this that may never come through the doors of this church. Every one of us do. So it's, it's having the impact and, and realizing that that's ministry. It's not just what goes on in church. We need to break out of these walls. We need to take, like loving on the streets. Remember the first time Sarah Joy did that when she was visiting a friend in the church. She came back and Tony and I nearly had to hold her back. She says, when are we going out in the streets? It's contagious because it builds faith. But to build faith we need to step out of our comfortableness, out of our comfort zone. One of the quotes I was reading this week, it says, You never achieve anything of substance or significance when you remain in your comfort zone. We can, we can be in our strength zone where we have our abilities and our strengths, but we need to move out of our comfort zone, sometimes just to test God, to prove God to ourselves. 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, isn't it? 
and the very last verse it's on your notes there and now these three remain faith hope and love we hear them read many weddings and maybe some funerals and but the greatest of these is love we hear a lot about faith and rightly so we need to know and experience and, and know the love of God for ourselves and rightly so. But there isn't a lot that we hear on hope. But it says these three things remain. Hope is going to be about for a while. Hope lasts. It doesn't fade. I've listed a number of references there. And maybe we'll read a, a couple of them. Proverbs, well, Proverbs 13 and 12 first. Uh, I used to hate, it used to really annoy me, not hate, annoy me, better word for hate. It used to really annoy me when people said, oh, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. It annoyed me so much that I looked it up in the Bible. And I saw that's the, uh, sometimes in the Proverbs you've got a negative statement that's countered with a positive statement. And whenever I read the whole verse, uh, Proverbs 13 and 12, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. But a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And every time somebody uh, quotes, a, oh, you know, something doesn't work, work out, and they'll say, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And they'll stop there. I always come in with it now and say, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Turn to somebody and say, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. There's something within us that we gravitate towards that's what's negative. It's almost as if that's what we're expecting. And we need to break out of that. Our God is a positive God. Now it's not positive thinking. It's activating the faith that he has given us. And the wonderful thing about faith is, we don't have to have a lot of it. Jesus said if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to mountains. But the, 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 the great thing about faith is the potential that lies within even the smallest bit of faith. So I want to just challenge me and challenge you. Where's our faith level at today as we start into 2014? Are we just going to say, well, it's going to be a struggle? You know, maybe it is. But you know what? We're going to, I'm going to struggle with God. He's going to be the one who's going to help me. Let's look up Psalm 25 and verse 3. Maybe somebody could read that out for us. Save me doing the reading. Psalm 25 verse 3. What does it say? Big loud voice. Somebody. Miriam. You got it? Psalm 25 verse 3. Maybe I should have read it myself. <laughs> so read it again. Different verse, sorry. Sorry, surely not. Yeah. With you. I'm with you, I see it. My version, the NIV, it says, No one whose hope in you 
no one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame Okay, so our hope in God, this expectant, waiting expectantly, it means we're not going to be put to shame if our hope is in God. What's the next one? Um, Isaiah 49 and verse 23. Isaiah 49 and 23. Right at the very bottom it says, Then then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. So we're not going to be put to shame and we're not going to be disappointed. Three of these references in the New Testament, the two in Romans and the one in Peter, um, is really taken from Isaiah 28 and verse 16. And it's the same thing. Those who hope in God are never put to shame. Those who trust in me will not be disappointed. All those above references speak about us putting our hope and putting our trust in the Lord. And because of that, because we do that, we won't be put to shame and we won't be disappointed. So we can take this into this new year. So I just thought I'd take the letters of hope and just for a few moments share a few things. H, I've said H stands for heaven. Because, do you remember the old black gospel song, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? Does anybody remember Jim Reeves? That tells your age. That tells your age. My sister, who's much older than me, used to tell me about Jim Reeves. But Jim, Jim Reeves had a golden voice if you were into country music and my sister and her husband were into and still are into country music but he, he sang this song and it's an old uh, an old black gospel song but you know there's a truth in it because we live for this world that's how we live our lives think of what you've done over the last week But we need to break that mentality that heaven is our home if we're believers. You're not a believer this morning. Well then you need to to get into a place where you start to believe and start to receive God's offer of salvation in Jesus. Because once we do that, then heaven is assured. I love standing at a graveside. And at the last part, the open grave is always very hard for the family. But you know what? Whenever it's someone who has known the Lord, there's a confidence and an insurance that we can say, we know. And it's not presumption, it's not arrogance, we're trusting in the Word of God. We know where this person's gone. And we can say that because of the truth of what God has said in his word. It's not because of the person's goodness. It's the exact opposite. It's because they weren't good enough. They needed saved. Like every single one of us. Whether we've been saved or not. We need, if we're not, we need saved. And if we are saved, we realize it's not our goodness. It's his. It's what he has done for us. So heaven is our ultimate goal. 
Is heaven your ultimate goal for, for 2014? Living with... Yes, we live in the earth and we've got to buy food and we've got to buy clothes and we've got to be warm and all those things. We've got to be kind and all that. But eternally, heaven's our goal. Heaven's where we're going, folks. Heaven's what it's all about. What what we experience here is just a little foretaste at times when God the Spirit comes down as He did this morning in our worship. He does it every time we meet. If we only but perceive it and enjoy it. So heaven is our home. That's our ultimate goal. I don't know about you, but I'm entering this year with a fresh determination for members of my family, friends I know, that they might come to know Him. Because our focus is not just getting our lives sorted out. Because whether our lives are all sorted out before we die or before He calls, we're still going to go to be with Him. But there are people that if they were to die today in my family, I couldn't stand over their graveside and say for sure. Some of you know I buried my brother on my 53rd birthday. Fifth of March, he died on my 53rd birthday, and two days later I buried him. I could say with assurance because of a story he told me. And he wasn't a Christian, he walked away when he was 16. He got cancer, wouldn't even touch him. It was November, I remember driving up from here. I cried all the way up to God and I said, Lord, I want an opportunity to ask him the question. Because I tell you, when you're faced with death, you need to know and you need to have the courage to ask the question. It's too late whenever the person's away. And regardless of what sort of a response I was getting, I was going up to that hospital and I was asking him the question, Well, Gordon, if if they say you're dying, are you ready? And I walked into his ward and I'll tell you, he was 62 when he died, but he looked 82. He, He was pale, he was jaundiced. And he said, this is what he said to me, he said, son, come on, I want to take you. That's what he called me after my dad died, he always called me son. He said, son, I want to tell you something. So he, he says, let's go for a walk. And we went down the lift, went outside, and he lit up a cigarette. <laughs> Some things never change. But you know what? Now I'm waiting for an opportunity for him. I, I want to come in with the question, sensitively, but lovingly. Because I wasn't prepared to let him die without me asking the question. And this is what he said to me. He sat down, I can see him still outside the Matter Hospital in Belfast. And he said, on the 30th of March this year, he says, I, he was his wife's full-time carer. She had a stroke eight years ago. So he was looking after her every day. And he says, I take a, a, a sleeping tablet at, at 12 o'clock at night. And at 1 o'clock, it knocks me out to the 9 o'clock in the morning. He says, at 1 o'clock I woke up and I couldn't get back to sleep. 30th of March, he says, same thing happened the next night, 31st of March. And he said, the same thing happened on the third night, the 1st of April. And he looked at me and he says, it would have to be the 1st of April knowing me. And this is what he said. Now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this is getting serious. God, you're going to give me a chance here to get in. 
And this is what he said. And you know what I did the third night, son? I went into my smoking room and I got down on my knees and I asked the Lord back into my life. He walked away when he was 16. And that was 46 years ago. And a man came to visit him uh, from the church that he was going to. And this man, um, I was just sharing this recently with somebody, some people, because we don't use this, they wouldn't use the language we use. But He said he got up one Friday morning and he said to his wife, I've got to go and see Gordon Hill. He says, I don't know why, but I need to go and see Gordon today. And he went into the house and Gordon had a hospital bed and he was very weak. And he said, Gordon, how are you doing? And he reached out his hand and Gordon grabbed the hold of his hand and he says, David, I'm dying. He says, Gordon, don't be silly. You'll probably be here a lot longer. He says, no, David, I know I'm dying. And David said, uh, he said to me, Trevor, like you coming up, and I took the opportunity. I said, Gordon, are you ready to die? And he says, yes, I am. You know what? That man went to the church records of that church, and he got me a copy of a decision card that was signed on the 22nd of January, I think it was, 1953, whenever Gordon made a decision as an 11 year old boy or whatever it was and I thought thank you Lord I expected to do a tribute at his funeral he asked his wife would I do the funeral but you know what it was an easy funeral to do in one way if you take the emotion out of it a few weeks later a few months later his wife died and one of the one of the brother-in-law in the family with tears in his eyes he says Trevor is Mary in heaven and I said Brian I can't say for sure folks make sure make sure we're ready don't sit in river of life and not commit your life to Jesus Christ you, you can be involved in a whole lot of things but you know when push comes to shove if death knocks today for me, I have no fear of it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm nothing special. But I know where I'm going because of what the Word of God says. And you can know that too. If you don't know it, many of you do. And it doesn't hold the same. When you've faced, some of you have faced death, eyeball the eyeball through sickness and all those things. And we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. So let's, let's have a fresh determination. There are people in my... My brother was brought up the same way I was brought up. But he walked away. And there may be some of your family members and they've been brought up in Christian things and they be, may have walked away. Never give up. Fresh hope today. Fresh expectancy to believe God to answer those prayers. I call, you answer. That's what we're singing. That's what we're living. Expect it. If you are the one person in your family who is Christian, who have come into a knowledge, of a saving knowledge, pray for the rest of your family. Be a witness in a sensitive way. 
I knew in the early days, I've sat with so many people, and Tony and I know a few different people who... When they became a Christian, they were so enthusiastic they wanted to go and tell their family and they told them in such a way that they spent the next ten years trying to befriend their family again. (laughs) And some of you maybe have done that as well. (laughs) It stands for heaven. Folks, we're not. Yes, we're on planet Earth, but heaven's our goal. Heaven's the ultimate goal. To be with Him. Paul says, absent from the body present with the Lord he had a tussle whether to stay or whether to go all stands for opportunities opportunities if we're going to make a difference in our time this year we're going to need to go outside our comfort zone and take the opportunities that come our way I'm going to give you a prayer now if you pray it every day it will be answered there you are this is the prayer Lord, bring somebody across my path this day that I can share with. And I promise you, you pray that prayer, unless you, unless you stay in the house and see nobody. But even then, you, with all the modern technology, you can be in touch with the world. But you pray that prayer, make that a prayer every single day. You will not be disappointed. God will give you opportunities. You know why? Because He longs for us to share about Him to the other people. That's what it's part of what He's made. Well, once we've experienced Him, we want to pass it around. Good news is for sharing, isn't it? Yes. And we've got the best news that this world has to offer. Well, actually, it's not this world that offers it. It's another world. So O is for opportunity. Ask God for fresh opportunities every single day. Let's do it together. You check up on me and I'll check up on you. Let's ask God for opportunities. You know, we don't have to know all the questions, all the answers to all the questions. Sarah Joy was saying there are some of the young people in school and the questions they're asking. My form of evangelism, I grew up learning all the red herring questions that people put up as excuses to becoming Christians. But you know what I found? I knew all the answers to those, but nobody was asking those questions. I knew all the answers to all the questions that nobody was asking. I was at a funeral on Friday, and you know what? I came away from it annoyed, and it was a Christian funeral. And it was a man who, who, who paid a price. They were the first group in Ireland that broke away from the Catholic Church and, and, and Christian fellowship. And there was a golden opportunity. A church full of people, believers and unbelievers. And what transpired inside that church, it just saddened me. And suddenly an opportunity was made. I don't mean like preaching the gospel, hellfire and brims. That man's life uh, spoke for itself. But it it wasn't even mentioned. And what happened was we got a 35 minute talk, word by word, of a certain passage. Now there was truth in it. But it wasn't relevant to where people... We've got to be relevant to where people are at. God, Lord, make us more relevant to our everyday situations. And P stands for prayer. P stands for prayer. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens without prayer. 
I don't care what it is. Every one of us who have become Christians, somebody prayed for us. We may know them, or we may never know them. But somebody prayed for us. It's a, it's a spiritual principle. No one becomes a Christian without someone praying. Listen to this quote. Satan laughs at our, mock, at our toiling, mocks at our wisdom, but trembles when we pray. We have such power and authority when it comes to praying. I remember I, I, when, I got, when I made Jesus Lord of my life when I was 16. I, I, I've told you this before. I was ready to go to Africa the next day. Because that's what, that's what you have. You're either a minister or a missionary. And all the missionaries went to Africa. And I didn't want to be a minister. Who would want to be a minister? So I was ready to go to Africa. I've lost my thought. I didn't go to Africa, that's right. I didn't go to Africa, it's true. What was I saying? Lord? I made Lord, yes, I made, and I, I knew what it was now, thank you, thank you. I went to a prayer meeting in a church of about 750 families that I grew up in. And I'm thinking, now I, I've made this, uh, I wasn't being born again now, it was just a deeper commitment. And I, I, I remember I, I, I said to the Lord, I'm giving you everything. And I went to this prayer meeting, 750 families in this church. And there were about nine people at the prayer meeting. And I'm thinking, something's not right here. Church was packed every Sunday. It was downstairs was full every Sunday night, and there were a trickle of people praying. And then when I went, I was the youngest there by about 25 or 30 years. But God did something in that time. You know what I did? I just listened to older people praying, and God put something in my heart for prayer. You know. All of us may not be able, you may not feel that you can pray out in a meeting. Don't not come to a meeting because you feel that. Come and listen. Say an Amen here or an Amen there. And all you're doing by saying that is, I agree with that. And you know what? Somewhere down the line, you'll catch it. You'll catch it. It's contagious. But we need to be praying. No, po- no point in wishing, hoping, without praying that our families are going to come to the Lord. When I, I love. I, I try to get the three of the mornings in the week here, and I love to hear. And I'm not going to say who it is, but I love to hear people calling out to God for their families. And I tell you, they're calling. They're crying out to God. Yeah, he's answered some of them, and you're a result of one of them. But there, yeah, and there's others, but there's other families who are who are calling out to God. And you remember, if we're at the end of our tether, if we're at the end of the rope, tie the knot, hang on, because the God of miracles is holding the other end. And E stands for encouragement. I think this is probably the most underrated gift in the body of Christ today. Here's what I've written. We all need it and we can all do it. Because the word tells us we need to do it every day. So now listen, there's a prayer to pray every day. Lord, 
bring somebody across my path that I can share a little bit of whether it's your story or a, a testimony or whatever we don't have to go into the ABCs of the gospel that may come at a later time or it may not sometimes we are a link in the chain and we say something to somebody and you know we may not get a result and that's okay but we've done faithfully what God has asked us to do I think I've shared with you about uh, a book that changed my whole perception on evangelism was um, Sowing, Reaping and Keeping by a guy called Lawrence Singlehurst. We thin book. I like thin books. <laughs> you, 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 can, you can start at the start and it doesn't take you too long to get to the end. But if you want to have a wee peek, you can have a peek at the end. But you know what? That book talked about... If, if somebody you know is a total atheist and they're not, and somebody else is a committed Christian and they're at ten, and there's a whole lot of people in between, what he's saying is if you move somebody from not to one, you're doing evangelism. I was brought up, unless you led a person to, uh, to say the sinner's prayer, you weren't doing evangelism. And it freed me. And that's, that's part of how we'll make a difference in Athlone, in our families, among our friends, in our work situations. You know, we don't take our Christian coat off when we go to work. We should be an example to those we work with. Now, I don't mean we should be saying yes all the time just because the boss says it. But where are our whole ethos of working, our whole ethic, we need to be examples of people who, who are faithful and good at what we do. Hebrews 3 and 13 says, Encourage one another whenever you feel like it. Does it not, Anne? No, it's not every day, Anne. So here, there's a prayer to pray. Lord, bring somebody across my path. Here's something to do every day. Encourage somebody. Remember we had an encouragement bucket. And we, 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 we used to pass it around on a Sunday in the Methodist church. And people used to put the names of people that they encouraged in it. You can pray that prayer every day, Lord. Pray that prayer every day, Lord. Bring somebody across my path. I know somebody in their work, uh, and they meet people all the time, sitting in this room today. And you know what? Just a word in season. They're actually they're very good at doing what I'm talking about. I won't embarrass them because they just share out of life. It's something that they do. I know more than one sitting in this room uh, who do it. So. But it's for every, all of us. We don't have to work it up. I, I visited uh, um, a fr- uh, somebody in the church Monday before Christmas, and a friend was there who were. I, I, I happened to ask the question, "And where do you fellowship in Dublin?" And they uh, told me they fellowshiped with the JWs. So for the next hour, um, we had a discussion. So I'm waiting for an email. To, to, um, that's going to confirm to me from the Bible how God created Jesus. Be an interesting co- uh, email, <laughs> exactly, Tony. <laughs> you see, we all can do this. We can all encourage one another. Once we get into encouragement, you know what? 
The best way out of discouragement is to encourage somebody else. It is, it works. I don't know what it is, it's a principle. But when we're feeling rotten, I was going to say, think of somebody who you probably think is feeling more rotten. <laughs> but think of some, some little act, a tax, the taxes are great. Because you, you can send, say something in a tax and just hits the nail. I had to apologize this morning. Um, eat a humble pie. Because somebody sent me a New Year's message, eight minutes past twelve. And I said I didn't get it. And they looked at me, and I was so confident. I got my phone out, I showed them my taxes, I said, you find it for me. That's how confident I was. Do you know what happened? The number came in, and not the person's name, and that's what stuck me. And less than a minute later, read that there, Trevor. And I read it, and there it was. He says... I never not send you a message on New Year's. Because I came in and welcomed him. And I said, Happy New Year. And he said, and it's about time as well. <laughs> so that was me putting my place. Let's ask God who we can share with on a daily basis. All it may be is a smile, a hug, a handshake, and maybe a little bit more at times. But let's be determined to encourage one another. There is a great family atmosphere in River of Life. And there are some things that we do okay. And there is a love and 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 a sense of the presence of God, which is wonderful. Let's add to that this year encouragement. You make a commitment this morning. That you're going to encourage somebody today. Sometimes when we, we think of goals and you know we think, well, we have to do this every day. Let me shorten it for you. Do it today. Do it today. Do it after the service. Go up to somebody and say, whatever you want to say. <laughs> whatever way you do. But you know what? Try it for the next three days. Try it to Wednesday. We'll have a look at it on Wednesday night and then we'll try it the next Sunday. That's the way to do it because we think every day of every year, that's 365 times I've got to encourage somebody. But you know what? When you encourage somebody, you will be encouraged. That's the way it works. So, what are you hoping for in 2014? Have you, have you written it out? Yes. Okay. If you've written it out, um, Paul, you pass that around. I want you to put it in here. You don't have to put your name on it. If you want to, that's fine. What you're hoping for this year, now, it's not wishful thinking, it's a strong expectation and confident expectation that this is something that you're really believing, really trusting God for. Young people, put, put something in as well. You're doing exams, it may have something to do with exams or whatever. But we're almost through. Now, here's the question. We can put it in, and what I might do, I might just uh, put them all together on a sheet for us all. We'll see. But nobody will be exposed. This will be the... Uh, well, what we might use it to on Wednesday night, we might pray into some of these things. But... 
So what we're doing is what we're hoping for, what we're believing God for, what we're trusting God for, for this new year. Now here's the second question. What do you and I need to change? Either what do we need to change or what do we need to do in order to make that happen? Because you see, God always works in partnership. God could just save us like that, but he doesn't. He actually waits for our response to whenever the word is preached to us. And faith comes by hearing the word. I didn't tell you about my brother. Actually, what happened to my brother? My brother went to, went to a church six weeks before the end of March. So it would have been in mid-February. So he went... <laughs> I'm <sorry to> write. <laughs> sorry, I'm glad there's no... I'm glad there's no video here. <laughs> My brother went to a church six weeks... Mid-February, he went to a church. But do you hear this? It wasn't our sort of church. It was a very strict church. Something was said at the meeting. And you know why he couldn't sleep the three nights? That's great, Paul. Somebody else might, might come up later. That's fine. Thank you. Do you know why he couldn't sleep for the three nights? Because something was said six weeks earlier and the Holy Spirit convicted him and wouldn't let him sleep. Now that's conviction of the Holy Spirit. So what are you or I going to need to change or going to need to do to make your hope for 2014 come to pass <laughs> and here's the, here's the key when are you going to start when am I going to start so let's make a determined effort to put this into practice have we got our love offering we have, there may be one or two more so don't worry about it I want to pray over that and then I want us to sing a song okay Okay, I want to pray. Well, do you want to do that now, John? No? Okay. Right, let's just uh, let's put our hands towards this bag and those that will come, come into it as well. And I'm going to put something in my bag as well, or in the bag as well. Father, we don't know what's in this, this bag, but we, we know it's people's dreams, people's desires, people's hopes. Uh, and Lord, we just uh, we ask you to add to this bag these things, Lord. Faith, faith that will bring uh, uh, the reality of some of these things into the, into existence this year. Lord, we pray for their salvation. We ask for an abundance of salvation, and especially among family members in this place. Father, where there's healing needed, we pray, Lord, we ask you to release the power of your Holy Spirit in the gifts of healing that are needed in this place. Gifts, not just a gift. Lord, where there's provision needed, where there's employment needed, where there's sanity needed, where there's whatever is in the, 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 this list, Lord. Lord, come by your Holy Spirit. It may not be a futile exercise, but put something within us, Lord, that will really make this happen. And Lord, show each one of us what we need to do. 
that together, Lord, we would make a difference with you and one another in our, in our, in our homes, in our families, among our friends, in our work, uh, among our work colleagues. Lord, where we uh, have a bit of fun, relax in the church, in every area of life, Lord. May there be nothing, may there be nothing overlooked. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you want to do that after the song or do you want to do it now? Hallelujah. From the beginning of the meeting I had a thought in my mind I wanted to share. And this was without any idea that what was going to be shared. But before I share it, <laughs> that thought just a, a testimony. A testimony. It goes back and because it's so in line with what we've heard this morning and um, see, see if you can follow it happened to me about 16, 17 years ago there was a place that God had done he just did it by miracle, it was called the Lighthouse a Christian coffee heart in, in, uh, in Spain some people here have had the privilege of, of being there no names mentioned uh, sinner at the back who was just strolled in during the meeting give him, give him a big hug at the end of it David but listen one day uh, we were again closing up this coffee bar it was open every day it was in a very busy thoroughfare and we were on our we had to go to the conference there was girls in the kitchen and at the corner of my eye I saw a person walking over the other side of the road just going down and something and it doesn't happen to me very often I just I, my, our mind was in getting ready shutting the door we had a lot to do getting to a place called Malaga didn't have time for anything else but I felt impelled to run across the road to stop this person I didn't have time I shouldn't have been doing it it was a distraction and anyway this person came back with me and everyone was busy and it looked a bit funny it looked a bit strange turned out it was a transsexual a Dutch transsexual listen to this on his her way down the road to commit suicide to throw herself in the sea in, in Trevor said he was on his way to Africa he was the sea of Africa and came in now oh, yeah and I'm going what am I got myself into here we've got to get out and I've got this suicidal Dutch transsexual in front of me so I kept saying God is your only hope God is your only hope and kept, God is your and that was the word God is your only hope didn't have time for the niceties didn't have time to go into psychology I just kept going God is, I don't know how many times I said it just that phrase came out God is your only hope and after about 10 minutes 10-15 minutes so funny he, she, she, he opened up a letter and he said I got this letter six weeks ago from an old girlfriend, yeah, yeah, wear that one out, of mine. Uh, <laughs> I got this letter six weeks ago, and this old girlfriend had become a Christian in David Wilkerson's church in New York. He'd met her years ago on holiday, and she wrote him this letter, do, 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 do. and in big letters at the bottom, God is your only hope. Wow. 
and he accepted the Lord we closed the coffee bar came to the conference was praised over prayed over and became a Christian and had a great time taking the unisex hairdressers afterwards <laughs> fortunately he went back and I visited him in Holland but Jos is his name pray for him Jos and the other thing is on that one the, the, the thought that came to me this is in 2014 attempt attempt something for God without whose intervention you would surely fail Amen. in other words Amen. not just do the yes. same even this morning propose to do something for God without whose intervention you would surely fail and see what he does and the very last thing Pastor Trevor I had an idea for the end of the meeting before the song and that is normally I was in such a desire to pray for Sarah Joy before she goes back to Dublin but I thought hang on why don't we have her pray for us because if we're real about this firebrand about going out about stopping somebody about getting off yeah. and out and she's got it yeah. Pass Why? it on. Yeah. Pass it on. Yeah. Right? Amen. Yeah. So maybe those who want to attempt something concrete yes. for God in 2014, maybe you don't even know what it is yet. That God will give you that seed, that idea, His plan. Maybe we could finish off yeah. in a word of prayer. Okay. You okay with that? Maybe do that now because the song is going to take about seven minutes, and we some of us will know the song, but you will. We're going to put the words up and the music. I want to put it up loud so that it carries. Um, so we're we're ready for that. But learn you pray yeah. over us. Yeah. Those, sorry, I, I'd, I'd like to do an order for those who want to. Okay, who sorry. Really have been touched by the word this okay. morning. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm with you now. Those who want to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those who, who really are not. Well, just get them to stand. Yeah, get them yeah, to stand. Want to, want to attempt something this year. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah, if you don't, there's no problem. Stay sitting down and receive the anointed prayer. Yes. yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just uh, come before you now, Father. We just stretch out, even symbolically, Lord, our hands. And we just say, come Holy Spirit and anoint us, O oh God, to step into the reality of the supernatural power of your Holy Spirit. God, we stand in hope and in faith for the impossible to become possible. To walk in things that have never been seen. To do things that we've never done. To go places that we've never been. To touch people that we could never touch if only it wasn't for the leading, the prompting, and the guiding of your Holy Spirit. God, we just say we're ready. We're ready to move. We're ready to grow. We're ready to, to just follow. To step out into the unknown. And to step out in faith. Oh God, give us the faith to just move, to just do, to just be, and to just love. Father, we want to see this lost world change for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your name, Father, and we believe you for it. I just speak. I prophesy, Lord, that this would be a year for this church, these people, Father, to step out to prophesy, to receive words of knowledge, to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and to see supernatural things happen in their everyday situations, Lord. Raise our expectations, O oh God, and bring us to further levels. Let us see and, and witness what we know is true in your word. 
Come Holy Spirit and just make it known that you are the one true living supernatural working God. In the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen. Lord let there be many longings fulfilled this year that will be trees of life to us. Let's all stand where we're standing anyway. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can we put the words up, Tracy? And there's a little, a couple of seconds of an introduction. Do we know the voice of hope this is called? So let's really, we'll sing it through a couple of times. Let's really enter into it.